Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. I want to repeat what I said in the opening of last week's show, which was that at the start of the podcast the last several weeks prior, I had been encouraging the audience to sign up for the e-newsletter. Do us both a favor and check your spam or your junk folder to see if there are one or more emails from me that you've not seen and move them to the inbox, whitelist my address, approve me as a sender, whatever. It's only once a week, but I do want to ensure that you're getting what I'm sending out each Wednesday. Joining me today on location in Miami, Florida, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player, actor, and model who was named Best Solo Musician of 2019 by the Miami New Times. She will be releasing a new album soon, which we will hear about today. Her background includes studying classical voice performance and pursuing a Broadway musical theater career before turning her focus to original rock and electronic music. In addition to her talents as a musician, she has honed her skills as a professional fire dancer and has even made appearances fire dancing in music videos for some notable names, including Pitbull. We've been hearing a song of hers called Searching. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Megan Morrison. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's great to be here. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Nice to meet you. Likewise. So I know you've got some exciting things going on that we'll certainly get to. But first, let's have you tell the audience about the song of yours that was just playing called Searching. Awesome. Well, Searching was um, my most recent release, and it was a collaboration uh, that I recorded over a year ago now um, for an artist, Gadi Matrani uh, from Turkey. Him and I met when he was playing here in Miami, and we stayed connected. I loved his style of playing, and a little over, probably about a year or so now ago, he sent me a very rough track, which was Searching, we didn't have the title yet, um, and said, hey, do you hear any vocals for this? So I wow. spent a few weeks kind of writing, coming up with lyrics, coming up with ideas, uh, he liked where I was going, so I recorded all the vocals for him, sent them over to Turkey, um, and we had something good going on, and then coronavirus hit, and mm. no one was releasing, especially electronic music, because, um, you know, electronic music is different than rock music, where, you know, you're streaming it, and people are listening on Spotify, iTunes. Electronic music really gets its hype from being played in nightclubs, and yeah, when and, there are no nightclubs open and festivals exactly when when that's not happening it was you know it didn't make sense to release it so everything was kind of put on pause um so 
I just kind of patiently waited and prayed and hoped that, you know, something would come of it because I think it was an awesome song. Um, I really loved how we kind of, he had this idea and then I brought my idea and then the song kind of created itself with both of our ideas together. Um, So I was really hoping that it was released. So it was a pleasant surprise when I got a message uh, a few months ago. I was like, here's the release date. Yes. (laughs) I love, there's so much that I love about that story. And it's almost like you did your homework because one of the questions that I usually ask a guest when they start into a story the way you did is I'll say, how did you get connected with that person? So there's a lot of lessons here for those of you who are listening that are aspiring performers. Like, I hope you're listening closely because Megan just gave a whole lot of lessons. Number one being you said he was here in Miami. So you somehow connected with him as in like had a conversation and not just... I connected with his music from a distance, but actually spoke to him. And then the stayed in touch part is also an important element because some people might say, oh, well, he's from Turkey. You know, what can you do? And the lesson of being able to send things back and forth. I mean, come on, it's 2021. It sounds kind of like common sense, but you can very easily collaborate that way. So there's so much. And thank you for, for kind of holding our hand and walking us through the process of the way that you put the song together, him saying, here's a track, do you hear any vocals? So I, I'm going a long way to say I love it, and, and thank you for being so detailed. It's a, it's a great process that you described there. My pleasure. Yeah, when it's come to my electronic collaborations, that's how a lot of them have really come about, either me approaching someone or someone, I get an email from someone saying, I heard your voice on this track, would you want to do a collaboration, which is... What just happened with an artist that I can't announce anything yet, but it's um, uh, kind of a bigger artist that we might be having a a track coming out. So for the next interview. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I always just, you know, if I hear something and I'm drawn to it and, um, you know, I can connect with the artist, then I reach out. I find out how I can email them, how I can contact them on Facebook. And I've had so many collaborations start that way. Obviously, if it's, uh, you know, Lady Gaga or someone on that level, I'm not going to try to email them and say, hey, you want to work on the song that I'm writing? But, you know, if they're kind of on my level or, you know, have a have a similar following, then I'll reach out to them. Awesome. Well, to the audience, I say thank you, as always, for listening, whether it's here on the podcast or in the weekly e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday. When I express my gratitude, I really mean it. There are a lot of podcasts out there to listen to. So it means a lot to me that you choose to give time to now hear this entertainment. I do wonder, though, if you've checked out the other show that I've been mentioning. It's from a man who has had what you might call a most varied career as a composer and record producer. His name is Peter Link twice nominated for a Tony Award on Broadway and with a million-selling record to his credit and winner of the New York Theater Critics' Drama Desk Award, Peter Link has seen great success in film scoring, Broadway musicals, pop music, gospel, television, and he's even written ballets for the Joffrey Ballet. Now his podcast, Scattershot Symphony, is making a splash on the global stage. With downloads in more than 50 countries, listeners all the way from Manhattan to L.A. and Montreal to Mogadishu can hear Peter share his life's work through a series of musical arrangements and anecdotes that inspired the music. The podcast explores topics like romance in the episode Songs of Love and Heartbreak or the influence that gospel music has had on him in the episode The Gospel Truth. 
Sounds fun, right? That's Scattershot Symphony, the music of Peter Link. Look for it on most podcast platforms. Megan, in the intro, I mentioned the musical journey that you went on to get to where you are today. But since there are going to be listeners of this show who are just being introduced to you for the first time, can you just elaborate on that for us a bit in your own words, including when and why you moved to Miami? Sure. Um, so you kind of want a rundown of how I got started in music and... Yeah, because I had, I had mentioned back in the intro that you studied classical voice performance yes. and pursued a Broadway musical theater career and then turned your focus to original rock and electronic music. And of course, here we are sitting together in Miami. So if you kind of draw that timeline for us. I got it. Um, well, I'll try to give you the, the shorter version of the story, but I, I started doing music at a really young age. Uh, I come from a family of musicians on my mom's side. And I started really taking it serious when I was in um, middle school and high school. I, I also played a lot of different instruments and mm. I did band and then I started getting into choir and that's kind of where the singing began. I did um, district and all state. Um, I placed, um, I forget what my ranking was, but I, I, I placed in the all state choir. And, and share with the audience <laughs> what part of the country this was in. This was in Massachusetts. I'm okay. sorry. So, okay. So to start uh, location wise, where where I grew up was um, northern Maine until I was seven. And that's where I gave my first solo in church when I was five. They let me uh, sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. So that's really where it minute, started. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In church? <laughs> in church. In church. <laughs> so my my mom was the organist at our church, and I really wanted to sing something, and they let me sing Take, take Me Out the to the Ball now, Game. The collection played is past. <laughs> Little Megan Morrison is going to sing for us. <laughs> yeah, so that's how that. But so I guess I started really singing in church a lot, and I was always hanging around my mom. She was on the organ and I was always sitting in the front row right next to the organ. And, and um, you know, I, I was just around music a lot. Um, so then my mom and I moved to Massachusetts when I was seven or eight. And that this is where then I started doing the choirs and playing in band and or, uh, orchestra for for one year. Um, but the singing really took off when I started doing competitive singing competitions and then um, was singing in, you know, the, the, the higher level choirs that mm -hmm. were singing more complicated music that you had to audition for. Um, and then I started auditioning for the musicals in the school, but I wasn't a hundred percent devoted because I was still playing sports three seasons oh. and I didn't, I really didn't know what I wanted to do yet with my life. So I thought I wanted to be a marine biologist. I, you know, wow. I had a, a bunch of different ideas. I wasn't quite sure. Um, but then it was my senior year that I was, um, I was in uh, The Wiz, the musical The Wiz. I didn't have a big part. I auditioned for Dorothy, but I didn't get it. I was, you know, auditions were kind of new to me still for that kind of singing. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't think I, I put on a very good audition. But <laughs> um, I did have a smaller part. I played part of the Yellow Brick Road and just um, had so much fun dancing and singing on stage. And I always loved doing that. But to adding the whole theater element to before I was just doing the choir and now this acting mm. and performing on mm -hmm. stage, I really fell in love with that. So I decided to audition for classical music because uh, I didn't really know. Again, I didn't really No one else in my family had ever done this. I didn't really know wow. what I could go to school for music for. So classical was okay. what I had the most experience in. So I that's what I auditioned for. Um, I decided to go to the University of Massachusetts which was in the same town that I grew up in. 
and there I studied uh, classical performance, but also started doing musical theater on the side. And mm. I was Cinderella in Cinderella. I was Felia in Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum and really started like falling in love with that. Uh, so from there, I moved to New York City. Uh, wow. I started auditioning for I auditioned for Rent. I auditioned for a couple different things. Wow. And was it scary or exciting or both? It was both. It was both. Um but it can um, it can knock your confidence level down real quick. <laughs> and, um, you know, I went from being, you know, getting all the leads, the top of everything to, you know, just being another tiny speck wow. of dust and, wow. you know, in the sea of New York. So, um, so it let, was... Let, a, me, let me stop you for a minute because sure. I, I want that to soak in with the audience because it makes me think, because I'm such a big sports nut, it makes me think of... The guy who is the best player on his hockey team in juniors, and all of a sudden he gets drafted and he gets sent down to the minor leagues. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm used to being the best guy on the team, and I got drafted, and I'm not even going to play with the NHL team. They're sending me down. And so that is reality in that part of entertainment, which is I was used to being the lead in all these shows, and now it's like, eh, I guess we have a part for you, but you know, you're just going to be in the back, and you go, Okay, so mm-hmm. that kind of brings me back down to reality in this whole new world that you're in, in that place that is New York City where that just happens routinely. Right, yeah. Um, you know, it really, it opened my eyes and I kind of, I realized that if I was going to, not saying that I'm I, my voice wasn't strong enough to be on Broadway, but there's so many talented people. And it, yes, it takes uh, a lot of talent, but it also takes a certain amount of luck too. You know, you gotta mm. the right, you gotta sing the right note the right way at the right time for the right casting director. And you know, it's it's um it's challenging. And I didn't know if I wanted that to be the the way the rest of my life was. And I, I just hate auditions. I have, I, I have extreme anxiety and it just, you know, I, I close up even to this day. I don't like auditioning for things. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know, and if I'm going to make it in this industry, I think I have to like, clear my own path and, you know, stop auditioning for other people's shows and kind of create my own content. And I think that's when I really started looking for bands to sing in and writing my own music and my own lyrics. Wow. 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 Fascinating. Fascinating. So when and why did you move to Miami? Was that the jumping point or was it, no, I did other stuff in New York and eventually I came down here. So Miami was not related to music at all the move oh, okay. the move was okay. not related to music at all the move was was i was just um fed up kind of with you know grinding and you know i i was bartending in new york making a lot of money but still you know making ends meet as yeah, far as rent yeah. goes and and um i met my well he's now my husband but i started dating a guy up there and he had lived down here before and i was like you know what it's time to it's time to change things up a little bit i need some sunlight you know like gotham city had totally sucked me in and i you know i became like a a vampire there and which i you know i still i guess couldn't be kind of considered a vampire in miami here probably one of the palest people here but um I I just wanted a change. I needed a drastic change. I needed to feel refreshed. So we moved down here and and um yeah, I just decided to make a change. Started doing music down here, formed a band down here and you know, it all it all worked out. 
So this is so very, very fundamental, and, and those of us in music are abundantly aware of this. But for the casual listener out there, I would love for you to share just how valuable it is to study classical performance, because I've got to believe that to the average Joe or Joan who enjoys music, they probably don't realize how transferable those skills are to different genres. Mm. I mean, it's a love-hate relationship with my training, but it give has given me the ability to reach those high notes and to you know some people that go into pop or rock that don't have that training they have to learn how to breathe properly and they have to they can really damage their voice and you know I kind of had that already built in which was which was amazing and I I feel grateful for my training because it does let me hit those crazy high notes and sustain them and you know it gives me an advantage as far as technique now on the other hand though I had to unlearn a lot of mm. the training and you know I'm singing these songs and I'm recording and you know I have my producer whoever like you, you can't sing it like that you got to sound it like a little more cooler you know I'm like pronouncing every word and adding in all these extra words and you know it was like I kind of had to take a few layers off from the classical training. Um, but at the same time, as you're singing and as you're approaching those notes, there is no nervousness because right. you're trained in how to handle them classically. Right. It's just stylistically that the producer's saying, let's do it a little different. Exactly. So, exactly. And in no way would I ever, you know, not have wanted to train like that. I'm grateful for it. Nice, nice. So, you described for us your journey from the Northeast down here to in Miami, but... Another element that has recently changed in your career is going from Morrison as your artist name to now using Megan Morrison. Why did you just go by Morrison before and now why the switch to Megan Morrison? Okay, so this is an interesting story and let this be a lesson too to any artists that are listening. Um, so I was born Megan Morrison. Um, that is my real name. And... I always was looking for like a tougher exterior, a tougher mm. edge, something I just wanted to sound edgier than Megan Morrison. To me, Megan Morrison sounded like the girl who's still auditioning for Allstate Choir, singing <laughs> Cinderella. And like it just for me in my head, it just didn't go with my image. So I've sang in different bands over the years. I've released a, I released an EP with my first band down here, Dorothy Surrender. And, you know, I always went with band names, but this was the first time um, the two singles that I released over the past couple of years was the first time I was going as a solo artist. So it was a real I couldn't decide. Do I do I come up with a random artist name or just use Morrison or use Megan Morrison. I mean, it was like, you know, me talking to my husband, me talking to my bandmates, me talking to my mom, like, well, getting everyone's opinion and everyone had different opinions. Oh, gosh. And um, none of you people are helping me because I'm getting <laughs> yeah. all these different votes exactly. on which one I should go with. Exactly. So I finally decided, you know what, Morrison, it sounds strong. I'll do that. So I released two singles under Morrison. At the same time, I started doing the electronic music and that started picking up. And the the biggest platform for electronic music is Beatport, which for any other kind of music, you don't really use Beatport. But um, Beatport uh, streaming service, unlike Spotify or uh, iTunes or Apple Music or whatever, there cannot be two of the same artist mm. names. So there was already a Morrison. So that wasn't an option for me. So oh. I had to either come up with a different alias for my electronic music 
or just use Megan Morrison. That, those were my options. And it didn't make sense to create this whole different persona, yeah. which I know some artists do. They have all their different projects. But for me, you know, in my head, that's like two different social media accounts to manage. That's yeah. two different, you know, everything. And and so I decided, okay, I'll just do Megan Morrison. And then as I've been working on this album, the more it's grown and the more that I've grown with it and I've grown with the songs and it just became like this thing where I'm saying, okay, I'm pouring my heart and my soul into these lyrics and this music. And I'm trying to be completely transparent and honest about my experiences in life and, you know, whatever I can do to help people. Why do I have to hide by just an artist name? Maybe yeah. I should just be Megan Morrison. Like this is that. me. I'm Megan Morrison. I like that. Why do I have to sound harder? Why do I have to, you know, yeah, create yeah. this persona for myself because this is me so yeah I that's like that. where i, I ended like that up a lot of them and to tell these stories that are songs that i've written based on my own personal experiences why do i want to go by i don't want to say somebody else but why wouldn't i want to go by my own name right. so I, I like that description Thanks. um let's talk about your upcoming album which you say is going to be a concept album go ahead and give us the story behind this project Okay, so this album has been a long time coming. It's taken way longer to release than expected. Um, I've been working on this project for a few years now, and most of the songs have been um, completed for a while. I actually had two songs mixed and ready to go last year, like last spring. And then coronavirus happened and i don't know some stuff started changing um and my guitarist and i went back into the studio and started working with a different producer and mixing mm. engineer who is actually a friend of his and this guy uh, shane stoner has amazing experience he's done stuff for enrique iglesias and a bunch of other big artists wow. and and um we started the song started growing in a different way and my voice also started changing mm. um and i had done some vocals for one of the other songs that wasn't finished yet and when we heard that back and heard like what we had changed stylistically we were like oh we have to redo these other songs wow. now because they're not wow. on the same level wow um so this whole year has been like re-recording vocals re you know mm. taking these songs apart how can we how can we change this and um you know the whole concept behind the album is just telling a story of of my life um and and what i've been through um and my recovery and like I said before, just being completely transparent, like, you know, a lot of times in the past, I, I've written songs and lyrics really that cater to me and tell a story, but mm -hmm. I never really was writing music for people that could help people. And somewhere oh, along see. the line that I changed. See. And so this music is meant to tell my story, which some of it is dark, but some of it is beautiful and very hopeful and to tell my story honestly and to hopefully give people some some hope and some courage and you know to they can take what they'd like to from it let's go back to the songs that you said you did last year and then you had to come back to them and say well let's dive back into these songs and kind of redo them a bit how does that feel as a songwriter as well as as an artist who had already performed them and they were already down they were i'm holding up air quotes they were already recorded locked and loaded so to speak to all of a sudden say oh I have to change these. 
were you at peace with that or was there a little bit of a struggle of you know they're i kind of liked them the way they were but i see why we have to go this way but it, it was painful it was gut-wrenching and painful and the th- the thing is like as soon as I heard my new vocals and heard how they were being recorded and, you know, just how I was singing differently and also how I was working with more talented um, uh, people in the studio, I knew in the back of my mind immediately, like, this could be a lot better. But Mm. at the same time, I had already paid for mixing and I didn't want to go back and do that. Not only just the money, but just like the hard work and like, you know, it's like, you know, it's done. What's done is done, you know. Um, But I had this kind of like sinking feeling like this has to, you know, I'm already spending all this money recording this album. I've already spent so many hours, you know, devoting my time to this. And, you know, why release this when I know it can be better? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it, it was hard, though. It was really hard. And it the, the hardest part was n- not just, um, like, stylistically how I was singing that part, you know, we, we did over, but going in and changing things and, and listening to other people's opinions, getting mm-hmm. other people's input, that's something that I never did before and I'm still learning how to do that but bringing in the musicians in my band especially my my lead guitar player Tony Alarcon who's uh, been in the music scene for a long time down here you know he had some great ideas but I I it was really hard for me to accept like oh you know his that actually might sound better here yeah, that actually yeah. might strengthen the song um so it, it's been a real growing process and a, a learning process and yeah. and I, I had to tell you that as you were giving us the description you were before and i was starting to formulate that follow-up in my head how did that feel what came to me was i bet she didn't like how it felt financially and lo and behold you you slipped that part in there so certainly that's a factor too w- what can you reveal at this point about the new album as far as maybe a title for it a release date maybe the number of songs you've, you've mentioned a couple of names anyone who's working on it that you want to name any of those details that you're at liberty to give out at this point um and if the answer so is no, I can Bruce, tell I you, tell you I can tell you the the title because it's already out there in the public. It's um, titled "Appetite for Freedom," um, and there is no release date as of yet because I stopped putting deadlines on things because I've uh, gotten myself into trouble there. But it is set to release um, this year. Um, hopefully before the holidays um but it is it is in the mixing stages now so okay. everything is recorded everything is done i mean we've already had some final listens so it's it's getting close to the end and i want to say that i feel like i've talked to more and more people who have said what you just said i've stopped putting deadlines and a targeted release date on things because it's too much pressure there's not the freedom to grow to make changes so i think that's sort of the trend now that it's like, you know, okay, if you interview me at the right time, I might know the release date. But to just say, we're, tr- we're, we're going to make sure we get it out by this date, I, I feel like more and more artists are starting to say, it'll be done when it's done, mm-hmm. when it needs to be done, when, it, when it's ready. Yep. I'm joined today on location here in Miami, Florida by singer, songwriter, guitar player, actor, and model Megan Morrison. Visit her official website at morrisonmusicofficial.com. And of course, as always, I will have a link to her website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. There are links 
on the website to find Megan on social media, meaning Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. When I say links on the website, I'm referring to her website, of course. She is even on IMDb. Megan has lots of music out there. From her website, use the listen links to get a list of platforms to get her music from, including Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Amazon Music. But of course, I strongly recommend that you support her by purchasing downloads from iTunes. Keep up with Megan online for news that she puts out in the lead up to the album that you just heard her talking about. Please remember that I am here to help, folks. If you have or if someone you know has questions, you or they need help with your or their music career or even with podcasting, I do offer private one-on-one video consultations. My company, Now Hear This Incorporated, has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years. In fact, there are articles on the homepage of the website about the two newest clients. And of course, I've been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz, it's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz, to not only read about those two newest clients, but for the article titled Video Consultations Now Available, and then use the link in there to get a personal session scheduled with me. Megan, we are learning a lot about you, and I know there's another area of your work that means a lot to you, which is your sobriety and how you are using music to heal. Mm. Yeah, this has um, this has really developed over the last year as well. Um, but just to tell a little bit about my personal story, I've been in recovery now. I've been sober um, for almost six years, wow. and um, that was a big change for me and really changed my music um really changed my music um i was i really struggled for a lot of years and my songs really kind of reflected that but that was kind of who i was um so when that wasn't in the picture anymore i was left with okay so now what (laughs) you know um so i it was scary at first writing especially performing um but you know just like everything we grow and we change and i realized actually that i prefer much more singing and writing sober than i than (laughs) i did um vice versa so i started writing songs and and really it just kind of naturally happened that i was starting to write these kind of more inspirational songs and um At the beginning of coronavirus, I actually took a job. I was working for about six months as a music therapist in an addiction treatment center. Mm. And that was a really eye-opening experience for me. Um, And it kind of kicked everything into, um, you know, the next level for me. Like, okay, you know, this music has now become bigger than me. This is not just about me making it as an artist. This is about, like, how many people can I help with with this music and there are so many people in the world let alone our country struggling with addiction whether it's you know alcohol opioids or even not substances you know addiction to gambling addiction to you know the list goes on Mm -hmm. um and it's you know how can we learn how to be in the moment and you know just kind of appreciate ourselves like it's this whole this whole 
life experience that I went through while I was getting sober is I didn't just learn how to live without alcohol. I learned how to live like happy and peacefully. And that is something that, you know, you cannot put any amount of money on that. And I never thought I could feel this way. I never mm. thought that I could feel content wow. just being sitting in a room, you wow. know, and, and I want to share that with as many people as I can. So that's really what I'm trying to do with my music is just kind of let people know that, yeah, I went through some really hard stuff and I came out a better person. And if I can do it, you can too, you know. And, and this is what they're going to hear about on this new album. Absolutely. So, so the album starts kind of dark, real. You, you, so you hear my classical. I can't tell you too much, but there. Let's just say it's a pretty epic intro to the album, where my classical um, experience. Okay. You will, you will hear it, and then the album kind of goes through this progression of my experiences and what I'm, you know, getting out of life now and the hard stuff I've gone through, and then the album ends on this really uplifting victorious note. victorious gospel wow. Uh, wow yeah just this real feel good this song is all coming full circle yes the, the, the classical the the gospel from from mom playing in church i tried to add all my influences wow. in there wow. so fantastic so you started to hint at this a little bit before but as if your resume isn't impressive enough already share with the audience about your global electronic music collaborations yeah so i mean i've just been like i said before you know finding these artists that i really love and dig their style and you know thinking like wow my you know i could see my vocals being on one of their tracks and finding them how or where um so a lot of them like will travel through Miami. I, I actually used to work at a nightclub in South Beach called Do Not Sit on the Furniture. And it's an awesome electronic underground. You know, it's not the big South Beach scene. It's a very okay. small, um, like, boutique nightclub that gets these artists from around the, the globe. And the owner is this amazing DJ, Beirouz, who has mm. been in the electronic music scene for many years. Um, him and his wife, you know, they have this their own music label and, he, you wow. know, they just do wow. a lot for the music community. Um, so when I was there, uh, I met all these artists coming through and traveling mm. and, you know, sometimes some of them really stuck out to me. So I would just kind of do a little research and, you know, maybe contact them like a week later and say, hey, you know, if you're ever interested, uh, if you ever need vocals, here's some of the stuff that I've done. And wow. and so I actually had a really cool co collaboration. Another track that came out around the same time as Searching is um, a track that I did, um, uh, Amanares. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I speak uh, good Spanish because I don't, <laughs> but these guys from Tulum, Pax Tulum, um, I did a track with them and it was also released around the same time in December. Um, and that was pretty cool so to, cool. you know, I had a track coming out they they literally were released a week apart one in tulum and one in turkey and wow. you know so now wow. so now i'm working on a track with a guy from germany oh i have gosh. a guy um a, a duo in new york um and you know the list goes on yeah, so yeah well last year you posted an instagram story that said the promo for my music video has 1 million views talk about what that was and, and what platform this was on and, and how it got so much activity. So there is a um, company called 
well, there it's a it's a YouTube channel called Watch Mojo, mm-hmm. and they are based out of I want to say Ontario, I think, mm. in Canada. But they have so Watch Mojo has like all different videos you could watch, like um, you know, celebrities countdown lists, you know, those kind of videos mm-hmm. that you get sucked into, um, <laughs> and. They contacted, I forget how I got in touch with them. I don't know if it was through Reverb Nation or if they found me somehow. Um, but they, they Watch Mojo had a, a smaller um, subdivision that was opening called Sound Mojo. And they were just starting to like build their artists and stuff. So they released my music video, but under their um, page. Okay. And it. Um, for which song was this? This was for my song Nine Lives, one of the singles okay. that I released under Morrison. And, um, and so then there was a little snippet of my music video promoting their, you know, promoting my video on their channel on one of their big watch mojo. It was like Ellen DeGeneres or something. And I I didn't even know about it. And a friend of mine sent it to me and was like, (laughs) Hey, look, this is so cool. And I was like, I didn't even know about that. And I saw that it had like over a million views. It was really crazy. Wow. Well, I honestly can't remember in 373 episodes of this show having a guest on who is a professional fire dancer, heck, nor an amateur fire dancer for that matter. How did you get started into that? And and more importantly, how beneficial has it been for you to be such a versatile entertainer? I'm thinking of opportunities, bookings, like, oh, you don't need live music? How about a fire dancer? Exactly. Um, so I got started doing fire probably about 12 years ago. Uh, my husband, actually, he's the one that got me into it. Mm. He um, got started doing it because a friend of his did it. And so I actually started learning when I was living in New York City uh, and I'm like practicing spinning things on my roof and, you know, in my little apartment in Brooklyn. And um, it just, you know, there are all different kinds of fire props that you can spin. But the traditional ones that you see, especially in like Polynesian fire shows are called POI, P-O-I, and they're Mm -hmm. the ones that you spin um, so I started playing around with those a lot and, and practicing and it, it was just like fun. It was a stress relief kind of thing. Mm. And, and then when I moved to Miami and I, I was modeling and doing, you know, I had a modeling agencies and, um, they found out that I did fire and then I started getting booked for like music wow. videos and events. Wow. Um, I did a, a really cool event with Jesse J. I performed, she, she had this song called burning up. Well, she, she had it. She's still, it's a song of hers called burning up. Uh-huh. And, um, she pre- performed at the new now next awards. It was in South beach. And so it was me and another fire performer on stage with her wow. for this song, which was, which was cool. Um, so I just started getting booked for these shows and then I decided why not incorporate it in my own show. Mm. So, um, I have done some like, um, live singing and fire that's something that i'm developing right now but i've made sure that all my music videos incorporate my fire Mm. somehow and i do have an upcoming music video that's going to be shooting in a few weeks that i'm also going to be doing a a little fire in as well so (laughs) i like it i like it so you've been in miami for 12 years now Uh, yeah about about that so is is this home is this where where you're going to stay or do you either a foresee yourself moving at some point or b have designed on spending lots of time on the road and this becomes just kind of somewhere you come back to for laundry, check the mail, rest up in your own bed before going out again, which of course is not to take away from what a great music market Miami is, of course. You know, it's, I have no idea where 
I'll be in 10 years, but uh, it's definitely, I've definitely made a home down here and I've definitely um, acclimated to the warmer weather. Uh, I don't think I can live year round anywhere where it snows anymore. Um, So I'll probably always have a place to stay down here at least. But the plan is, um, I, I don't see myself leaving here anytime soon and the music scene has really you know it was obviously hurt from covid but it has grown here um a lot and it's kind of exciting you know whereas in new york or la or austin you know there's already a really big established music scene especially in rock music but here there's not and so it's kind of exciting to be on that you know the the uprising and the frontier of like okay let's make this something big here you know why not Nice, nice. Well, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one called Nine Lives. You just mentioned the video for it a minute ago. Before I let you go, share with the audience all about this song, if you would, please. So this song, um, Nine Lives, I wrote uh, about my experience uh, as kind of growing up feeling like an outsider. Um, You know, when when you're an alcoholic like myself, you kind of always have this feeling where... You, you feel different than everyone else and you can be in a crowded room and have a family that loves you but you still feel like something's not right something's mm. missing and and this is kind of you know the intro lyrics kind of talk about how I just kind of had that you know I, I had a parents that loved me and you know a f- wonderful family and I didn't have a rough upbringing and you know everything wasn't perfect obviously but um, you know I still something was always missing and then when I found that that part of me when I when I did get sober it was like that feeling that I felt was so amazing I you know I never wanted to look back and and then the chorus talks about trouble and lovely and my life has been trouble and lovely and that's that's so important in recovery and and just to to live a healthy life to know that not every day is gonna be great and that's okay it's okay to not be okay and just to to get through those days and try to be in the moment. And then when you do have those amazing days to really appreciate them. Well, and even on the heels of just having talked about living in Miami, you know, I live in Tampa and there are people who feel that those of us that live in Florida, Oh, it must be nice being palm trees and beaches and sunshine every day. And yes, there's something to be said for the beautiful scenery and the weather that we have down here. But it doesn't mean that we don't have bad days just because we live in Florida, as an example. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. So I love your message. I love everything you're doing. I, I love this idea of that you're trying to incorporate the fire into as many things as you can to kind of show the dual performer that you are. It's an exciting time for you. I appreciate you making time to come and talk with me today. And, and thank you for being on Now Here This Entertainment. Best of luck with the new album. Thank you, Bruce. It's my pleasure being here. I appreciate it. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Here This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, actor, model, and professional fire dancer, Megan Morrison. Do visit her official website at morrisonmusicofficial.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. As I said before, I strongly encourage you to purchase downloads of Megan's music from iTunes. On her website, you'll see listen links that will give you a list of platforms to choose to stream from. But just remember that it's a very small fraction that ends up going back to her when you consume her music that way, which is why I encourage you to purchase downloads. On her website, you will also see links for Megan on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. So do be sure to connect with her on social media. I myself have already liked her Facebook page, and I followed her 
on Twitter and Instagram. So please do the same. For that matter, tell Megan that you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Follow Megan on Spotify as well, and be sure to keep up with her online as she puts out news in the lead-up to her new album that you heard her talk about today. What can I help you with? As I said earlier, if you or someone you know has got questions, you or they need help with your or their music career, or even with podcasting, I do offer private one-on-one video consultations. My company, Now Hear This Incorporated, has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years, and of course, I've been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz, H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz. Read about the two newest clients and look for the article titled Video Consultations Now Available and then use the link in there to get a personal session scheduled with me. For now, that will do it for episode 374. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Megan Morrison. This is the one she just talked about called Nine Lives. When I was young, I felt alone Never felt like I had a It's been true.